This week's podcast brought to you by The Frothing Donkey. Last night we were at a high school basketball game in a crowded gym, and in the third or fourth quarter you said, man, I am parched. And I said, why don't you get a water? And you said, no, 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 I don't, I don't need one. And I said, uh, well, why don't I get you a water? And you said, absolutely not. I Really, I, I, don't, I don't need one. I don't even want one anymore. Nevertheless, I got up at the next whistle, went down to the, uh, the lobby, bought a bottle of water, brought it back, and you shotgunned it. So I, I ask you, were you parched or were you not parched? I was parched, but I did not want to be high-maintenance parched. <laughs> Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. I had lunch last Thursday in New Haven with a friend uh, who was in New York for the Big East basketball tournament and took the train up. And he asked me, he's a podcast listener, a listener of this podcast, and he asked me, uh, you know, what the behind the scenes, like how does it work? How do we decide what to talk about? Um, when do we do that? What's the whole process? And I told him the process is I set up the two card tables the two tray tables, the microphones, takes 30 seconds. Then we sit down, and before I press uh, play on uh, record on the recorder, I, I say to Rebecca, you have anything you want to talk about? And she usually says no, and I, and I say, well, I don't have anything. And so we just set this up. We just sat down, and before I pressed record, I said to you, do you have anything you want to talk about? Do you have anything you want to start with? You said no. And I said, do you have anything at all you want to talk about? And you said I got nothing. I got nothing. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I've kept notes in my little folder, my little notes folder on my phone, usually when I've been traveling and sometimes when I've been not. But this week I haven't had time to keep notes on anything other than these 68 teams that are about to embark on their madness of March uh, in the women's basketball tournament. We're recording this on Wednesday. The our first set of first four games are tonight, and um, my head is just swimming and swirling, and and I see, feel sort of underwater just trying to keep track of all these women's basketball teams that um, haven't given a lot of thought Well, to, did, to other stuff. Let's get into that in a second, but did I say last Thursday I had lunch? It was last Friday, and I can tell you it was last Friday because uh, – uh, I walked many miles, a few miles, a couple of miles, around New Haven, chewing the fat and then looking for a place to eat and wound up in front of the iconic, I mean, that's an overused word, legendary, also overused, but uh, world famous, world famous in Connecticut anyway, Louis Lunch, birthplace by by. Connecticut myth, anyway, birthplace of the hamburger, recognized, I think, by the Library of Congress or some official stamp as the birthplace of the, of the hamburger. hamburger sandwich. Yes, in uh, in eighteen seventy five or something like that. And there were already it didn't open until uh, say this was eleven fifty three. It wasn't opening till noon, something like that. 
and there are already people waiting outside. It's tiny, tiny place. Steamed hamburgers on toast, I believe. And I've never lived in Connecticut now for 18 years or whatever. I've never eaten at Louis' Lunch, the famous place uh, not too far from Yale. And um, my buddy said, uh, do you want to have, you know, one of these world-famous Louis' Lunch hamburgers? Or, he said, because it's Friday in Lent, are you not eating meat? <laughs> and I realized that, no, it is Friday during Lent, and I can't have a Louis' Lunch hamburger. So we walked another couple miles back to a diner, and so I had— So instead of uh, getting a Louis' Lunch tuna sandwich, you went somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, you can't get the, uh, the tuna melt at, at Louis' Lunch, I don't believe. Well, while you were at the exact same time that you were um, not eating a Louis' hamburger, I was up in stores doing my— feels like a yearly interview, pre-March Madness interview um, with Coach Oriama and some of the women on the basketball team. And we were talking about how uh, last year we didn't do them because everybody was in a, in a bubble and, you know, they weren't allowing any access um, to, uh, to the media of the team because of COVID and everything. But the year before, um, the last time I had been there, which was 2020, I had sat down and talked with Coach Oriama um, about the hypothetical NCAA tournament or the, uh, hypothetically canceling because it didn't happen, I think, till the day after I was there. So anyway, while, while I was there this year, it, um, it at least was no longer about a tournament, questions about a tournament that wasn't going to happen, but a tournament that is, is going to happen is going to start tonight. And, uh, and uh, it was a lovely afternoon. Uh, I, I, I didn't have a hamburger either while I was I there. I don't want you to give away anything of the interview that you're going to air throughout the tournament, I'm guessing, but did you have a chance to ask him what you have talked about in watching him on TV, which is uh, his return to a dress shirt, uh, a blazer. What's he wearing these days? Yeah, I, I did not have a chance to ask him that, but most of the season he wore like what many coaches have gone to this year and like the quarter zip and the... Yeah, all of them, as far as I yeah, can tell. Like, then, like, anyway. Like khakis or something, but then with the more athletic top. And then I think it coincided with the return of Paige Beckers. <laughs> um, he was wearing, uh, once again, like... You know, slacks and a sport coat, and a, he hasn't worn a tie in a couple of years, and a you know dress shirt, which I like. I like the coaches, male and female, who you know are back to dressing to the well, nines instead of just wearing their. The NBA you know, has become a coach's uniform of the uh, black team quarter zip with the team logo on it, and uh, I mean it's it's we've gone from Chuck Daly in the '90s wearing you know a five thousand dollar suit to guys who you know, put on a warm-up top. Now, I'm not saying one is more, makes more sense than the other. It is it is probably weird that basketball coaches at one time dressed as if they were going to uh, work on Madison Avenue or something. But but it's kind of been startling to me how, how uh, steeply things have dropped off. Um, Shaka Smart, the Marquette coach, my alma mater, wears like a... Uh, golf shirt with a long sleeve under it it's it's just an interesting yeah, it's, it's an interesting, interesting contrast to what once had been uh, and uh, I think too in, in in not in women's sports but in sports where there are women coaches which yes just means women's sports since there aren't any for the most part there are a handful but for the most part aren't any um, women coaching uh, men's sports um, 
Yes, I know there are some in the NBA and maybe two in men's college basketball. Um, but that's such a big part, too, of, a, of a, kind of the identity of a coach when you see him on the sideline. Some dress the nine, some wear like spectacular heels. Um, some like Kim Mulkey just, you know, this year shirts with tigers on them because she's at LSU and, and sequence and just, you know, in the past it would be, you know, animal print and spectacular shiny tight pants or whatever it is it was, it was you were always interested yeah course. you were interested what is that coach going to be wearing um on the sideline and so yeah i'm glad i'm sure they were much more comfortable especially the women not in heels and instead in sneakers but i'm glad we're, we're slowly getting back to the uh to the adults on the sidelines dressing up i mean I, I, we may have talked about this before but you know baseball managers wear the uniform which is slightly less absurd, I guess, now that most managers are in their 30s and early 40s, but still has no utility to it. Um, and and the thought of basketball coaches wearing basketball uniforms on the sidelines makes as little sense as that, though it presents an amusing uh, tableau, if you will. Yeah. Um, well, th- you, just because you asked, you know, I did not ask Coach Ram about his get up on the sidelines. However, one of the things he said in our interview that we we played during the selection show, and I found this very interesting because he's in his 30-something season at UConn. His direct quote was, And this year, I have to say, has been the hardest, most trying, most emotionally and physically exhausting season that I've ever experienced. And as I'm sitting there and listening to him say it, I was like, well, that's something because you've been here a long time. You went a lot of national championships and have not won championships a number of years as well. And um, anyway, it was it was a fun interview. He uh, he was in you could tell he was in a place where he's really excited about his team finally now that they're all healthy. Um, but uh, but it's going to be fun to watch them play. It's going to be fun to watch a lot of teams play. Um, I'm fortunate in that I, I'm, I will be calling the games in the Bridgeport region, so I don't have to fly to uh, to call my games. It'll just be a drive away. But um, March Madness is always a blast, uh, and I'm really looking forward to it on the women's side this year. Just on that, on the dressing note, um, when I was in New Haven walking around a city, you know, uh, with a lot of people walking around on a beautiful day, one guy stood out. He was walking. I mean, you know, out of hundreds, hundreds of people on the streets that day. Some students, but but you know, people going to work, people shopping, whatever. One guy stood out. He was in a in a suit and a tie and sort of dressed to the nines. And it looks it looks bizarre now. It, it does look. It looks like he has stepped out of another century. Yeah. I mean, more power to him. I. It's great. But you just don't see it anymore. And I, I, I think I mentioned to you at one point, I, our son and I went to a Brooklyn Nets game on uh, what night of the week was that? A Friday night? Friday, yeah. Friday night. Um, and ordinarily, I mean, in the before times, people would be coming from work and, you know, in a tie or dress shirt or something. Nobody. I mean, I don't know that I saw a single necktie there. The, the, the necktie industry has to be... I was just going to say, non-existent. I'm sure it's been written about, and I, I, I just need to search it up so I can read about it. But um, not only the necktie industry, but, you know, high-end clothiers that uh, 
you know, that makes suits and ties and dress shirts. They've gotten to have, have to have been crushed um, in recent years, and then in particular since since COVID. High-end clothiers? Yes. I like that. Not well, the low-end ones no, that not, we shop at, but <laughs> the high-end ones. Uh, well, this... Uh, Related to that, this is this week marks the two-year anniversary of of yeah. when COVID the nineteen COVID nineteen the pandemic shut everything down. Yeah, that's nutty. That's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was uh, our, our youngest this morning before she went to school. She said, um, "She said, is it okay if I scroll back through your photos on your phone? I just want to find something from this date last year.'" I said, "Sure." So she f- went back. She didn't find anything fun. It was pictures of me at. In at ESPN or something. She said, all right, I'm going to go back two years. And so she went back two years and she pulled up a fit picture of her with roller skates on, I think, in our kitchen. Roller skating through the house. I yeah. remember that. And now. I said, I said, oh, I said, that's w- when everything was shut down. And you we, were home and we were searching for roller skates that fit you and you were roller skating in the house. And those first days, if you recall, we were kind of afraid to go on the street. Yeah. And if you walk down the street and somebody else is walking down the street, they switch sides of the street. Right. We didn't know yet that, you know, if you were outside, you you weren't going to catch COVID. We didn't know yet that you were supposed to be wearing masks. We didn't know anything. And it's it's only been like, it, it feels like it's been in some ways longer than two years. Like, is it, or is it already two years since, uh, since the dawn of the COVID era? It's, uh, it's, it's crazy. Well, it certainly has been a uh, a boom time for low-end clothiers. <laughs> Even though in your Zoom meetings you're not wearing anything on That's your true. low end. <laughs> We've been enjoying going to boys' high school basketball games recently. The the high school where our, our older two attend, their boys' team this weekend is going to be playing for a state championship, but they've been on their run their you know, run through the conference tournament and then their games in the state tournament. And, um, and we've started going and it's, uh, whereas our 11 year old daughter said, when did you decide to just start randomly going to the boys games? Right. Cause of course we went to every girl's game we could because we were watching our daughter. And I, I said, well, your, your brother will be going to, to that high school next year and he's interested in the in the games yeah so so but what's what's been fun for me is i just happened to sit behind um one of the players grandmothers and uh the first game i went to and she and i started chatting and and she's yukon fan and um and so now i intentionally try to sit behind this this woman because i feel like it's good luck you know we we her, the team has played well and so of course it's because they've been playing well and winning games all season long but in my brain I need to sit behind sure. her because it's good luck but there's this really really sweet moment I found it to be a really really sweet moment um, in one of the games is like the second or third game I'd gone to and I'm sitting behind her and her grandson comes out and has like this ridiculous first quarter I was, was going to say more than you sitting behind her her grandson's one of the best he's, players. Yeah, he's the best player on the team. But he, I'm sitting behind her, and he comes out, and he's uh, scoring and just playing really well and had a bunch of points. And it's, you know, halfway through the fourth, first quarter, and he's just gone on a run or something. And she just turned around and looked at me, and she said, that's my grandson. <laughs> and it was so darn sweet. Right. I, I loved everything about it because this woman, she's just – she was busting with pride. Like They're she's pretty quiet. So, during, yeah. yeah, she's pretty quiet during the games. It's not like she's obnoxious. She doesn't stand and cheer, but you could tell she was just like busting with pride watching her grandson out there 
Um, and the grandson is the same way. He scores 35 points, but he doesn't show any yeah. kind of, uh, hey, look at me. Yeah. And, that you know, that's the kind of player I like. That's the kind of player I love. That's the kind of player I think every player should be. Um, and uh, anyway, it's uh, it's just sweet. And then in, in the first day that I sat there and I was talking to her and um, – she she was bragging on her daughter, her grandson's mom, bragging on her daughter. You know, she was the first thousand point score at her high school, and and like I get it, I get how parents can be so proud of their kids and how they can be so proud in sports watching their kids or their grandkids excel. And um, I want to be one of those. Like someday, w- the the grandparent who's just sitting there, you know, bursting with pride, whether it's your grandson or daughter having two points or. 22 points like or it, not playing be, basketball maybe your grandson or daughter or will be violin or yeah absolutely yeah what, whatever it is in the school play or but, in the spelling bee like it's just and even if they get out on the word beauty like i did in the spelling bee in fifth grade who cares just they're like watching them do their thing will be would be cool what i want my my vision of grandparents stems from when i was a kid and you know everybody's grandparents were around is it doesn't exist anymore but i'm going to find it is i'm going to get a wallet with one of those accordion photographic uh sleeve things that falls out with so you have like 11 photos of grandkids strung together like sausages you know yeah yeah i totally forgot about that i mean that is the that's that's have you seen pictures of my grandkids and then the thing falls out like a like a staircase i'm so bad i don't even have a folder on my phone like most people have you know can i see a picture of your kids and i have to scroll and scroll looking just put i just need to put a folder on my phone but that's like people do now they just show you they show you you the picture on the phone and then you enlarge and look at you know it's just such a weird way to do do it versus the right accordion do you find it awkward when people ask to see a picture of your of your one of your kids, and you scroll through dozens of selfies of you making like <laughs> duck face at the camera. Unfortunately, I don't have any of those, but I do have to try to look for a decent. Like our daughter, our youngest, will send you pictures of whatever silliness she's doing. She sends so, me pictures every day now on the way to school yeah, of her making from my phone of her making Luke Bryan face. Race. Luke Bryan is one of the judges on American Idol, a country singer, and he always makes this sort of uh, puzzled. Uh, sort of purse-lipped face when he's judging one of the contestants. And and uh, so we exchange uh, selfies of, of our best Luke Bryan yeah, face. And when she takes those selfies in, in order to send them to you, she doesn't then delete them? No, of course not. So in my camera or my photo app, there's uh, lots and lots of Luke Bryan face photos. Well, the only decent photo you can take of most of our kids is, is uh, when they're candid ones, when you... They don't know you're, they're being right. photographed because if they if they do, it's mostly just pictures of them grimacing or trying to get out of the frame. Yeah, that's true. Speaking so, of, speaking of grandparents, yeah. so, well, so the the school where our, our kids attend, their basketball team, their boys' basketball team is going to play in the state championship, and then the town where we live, um, the boys' basketball team is also going to play in the state championship. And my dad, for years, has been a volunteer coach with that team, so. I assume he, he will be on the bench helping um, in the state championship game. But because they 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 also won their class right, two different classes. One is a bigger uh, bigger class than the other. So um, yeah, it's exciting. The town where we live, the boys are playing for a state championship. The the school our kids attend, the boys are playing for a state championship at Mohegan Sun Arena. At Mohegan Sun Arena this weekend, I can't go. I'll be 
in uh in Bristol work in the games um, for March Madness, but I think the kids want to go, and uh, so you'll you'll be down with them. I've already told the grandma. I said I won't be here for the state championship game. I'll be working, so you have to cheer extra loud for me. I'm telling the grandma that. <laughs> well, I hope if uh, if the the local boys win the state tournament, that uh, the kids will carry. Assistant coach Lobo off the court. Yeah, that'd be pretty Vince spectacular. Vince Lombardi style. It would take a number of, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> number of boys. A number of boys. And a winch. No, I'm just kidding. Um, shall we get to viewer mail? We should get to viewer mail. Big bad look, throw our lure. Reel us in with your viewer mail. Our first viewer mail comes in from uh, Keith. Keith writes, uh, Rebecca and Steve, the great DGS, ooh, invoking DGS early. But, in the but knowing to say the great. The great DGS is simply wrong. That's kind of a... Wait, what? The, the first blade lifts, the second blade cuts. That's a, that's a uh, Let uh, me hear more. The great DGS is simply wrong, exclamation mark. I marvel at his contribution to medicine and the pod. His assessment of the better bow on leather laces is, while I marvel at his contribution to medicine in the pod, his assessment of the better bow on leather laces is simply incorrect. Mm. Just, but l- before we get to that, l- just pause for the, the euphony, the uh, musicality of that phrase, the better bow on leather laces. I believe. That, that was a Stevie Nicks, Don Henley medley, uh, a duet back yes. in the day, wasn't it? It should have Better been. bows and leather laces. I believe Dr. Siegel said the better bow does not work on his well, leather laces. Well, uh, Keith is here to to correct him. As a career military man, soccer coach, sailor, and former scout troop leader of Astoria, Oregon Troop 180. <laughs> yes, tell us more. I can assure you the better bow is perfect for leather laces, reefing a mainsail, military boots, and all sports shoes. Rebecca, can I repeat the phrase, reefing a mainsail? Reefing a mainsail, yeah, you can. You must. <laughs> Be using that phrase repeatedly. I have used it on sales, kids' soccer cleats, and scouts' hiking boots. Please see the photo of my L.L. Bean slippers with leather laces as proof the better bow is perfect for leather-laced boat shoes. The doctor simply needs practice. Wow. And here indeed are pictures of Rebecca. uh, Leather-laced boots that Mm -hmm. appear to be... um, Full of uh, fur. Well, but securely tied and leather-laced boat shoes or L.L. Bean Ah. slip-ons, whatever they are. And, I mean, there's no way for me to verify through the photographs. I can't can't tug on those laces, but they look pretty secure to me. So, Dr. Siegel, I think... uh, There's been a challenge issued. Start practicing the better bow on your leather laces. I I agree. Um, Our next viewer mail comes from Michael in Kansas City. Hello, Michael. I know Michael. And what I love about Michael's uh, mail without even having read a word of it is it comes with a a giant warning to be careful with this message because it appears to be phishing with a PH. Mm -hmm. So, Michael, on the off chance that you're not phishing, I'm going to read this this, um, mail. Hi, Rebecca and Steve. In episode 203, Rebecca noted the lack of recent correspondence from Michael. And in case that was me, please know that my affection remains even as my emailing wanes. Affection remains emailing wanes. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
During your discussion of Maybelline, the rescue donkey, Steve referred to exercising the donkey, but I heard it as exorcising the donkey with an O. And I thought that, that there's no one in the world more selfless than she who would willingly take in a demonically possessed pack animal. I mean, let's, uh, let's just... Good. Let's just savor that uh, mm-hmm. notion. Of, uh, Linda Blair replaced by a a frothing donkey in, um, in the Exorcist. A frothing donkey. That would be a great... Uh, Pub name uh, and drink. Say, a drink out of a tap, yeah. I had a frothing donkey at the frothing donkey. Yeah. It's also <laughs> disturbing. <laughs> the, the viewer mail, it just gets weirder, doesn't it? And yet it yeah. all makes sense to those who listen and That's to us. That's true. Right? That's true, yes. Also, the discussion of Duck Duck Gray Duck made me smile. As you know, my daughter attends college in Minneapolis, and though it's a scant seven-hour drive from our home, it sometimes feels like another world. In addition to Duck Duck Gray Duck, she has friends who say the words bagel and vague with a short A sound so that they come out as bagel and vag. Steve, is that for real, or are the locals just messing with the out-of-state girl? Well, Michael, funny you should mention that. Our kids, as as a... gag or as a, a gag always talk about always say that they want to have a bagel because their cousins in Minneapolis pronounced it as bagel and they thought it was the, as East Coast kids they thought that was the fun or as thing as, as, as sentient human beings they thought that was the funniest thing ever mm-hmm. bagel so yeah some do say that though it's it is it is uh, I certainly I, I can't claim that as a as a native Minnesotan that uh, have ever having said that. Anyway, great to catch up. Off to make a snack of Fritos and peanut butter balls, or as I will always call them now, squirrel bait. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like uh, uh, moose tracks or those different names for snacks. Right. That is <laughs> squirrel bait. Frito, Fritos and peanut butter balls, squirrel bait. And yet, uh, Michael, as you make your and enjoy your squirrel bait. We don't have an update, do we? Did your dad ever catch the squirrel? Oh, I didn't get an update. That's uh, I mean, on me. uh, how, how did dare I not us? get an update? I know, no. Yeah. Well, let's fingers crossed that he didn't, and that we'll have much to report next week. All right. Right, Michael. Thanks for the uh, the fantastic uh, email that came into ballandchainpod at gmail dot com um, on squirrel bait and demonically possessed pack animals, the frothing donkey. Edgar, or Ed, writes, um, he's a Connecticut Yankee in Western PA and a completionist. Okay. You yes, get all that, Rebecca? I got it. Uh, Ed writes, uh, interestingly, the email address is Edgar. He signs his name Ed, Ed, but with a period after the ED. So not Ed, Ed, but Ed, period. Hmm. Like an abbreviation of Edgar, huh? No, I think it's, I think, you know... Okay. Usually, like in, in academic titles, that's short for education, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps he's the educator. Uh, congratulations on your 203rd episode. I just finished listening. C'est magnifique. Thank you for allowing me my uh, your French. French pronunciation of the week. Just a few things. Although I currently live in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area, I spent over half my life as a resident of Wichita, Kansas. I was thrilled to hear that the... The air capital will be a regional site this year. Wichita is a basketball lover's town, and I'm sure the regional will be a smashing success. Anyway, since it seems the pot is becoming a source of uncompensated advertising, (laughs) true, I wanted your viewers to know that if they are traveling to Wichita, the breakfast restaurant that must not be missed, in all caps, is the Doodah Diner. 
The Duda Diner. D-O-O, D-A-H, two separate words, Diner. The Duda Diner. Any of Rebecca's ESPN colleagues who have been to Wichita will confirm this for her. Also, the Nifty Nut House is a place I still miss here in Western Pennsylvania. The Nifty The Nifty Nut, Nut House, House is, uh, is in Western PA, I believe. The Duda Diner is in Wichita. Okay? I got it. You got it? Next, I was wondering if Dr. Siegel, apologies if misspelled, no, you spelled it correctly, has been watching the Netflix series on F1. He was talking about Drive to Survive, the Formula One uh, documentary. I believe Dr. Siegel is watching it. Next, do you have any sleeper picks for the women's tournament? Of course, South Carolina is going to win it all, writes Ed, but any major surprises you'd like to predict? Now, Rebecca, at the boys' uh, high school basketball semifinal that we were at last night, a raucous atmosphere, a large crowd, uh, tight seating, I, I vacated my seat for a moment, and, and then it was suddenly filled by by somebody else who proffered her phone mine, to you yes. and asked for your uh, bracket expertise, and, and she was picking Except her... Except it was her men's bracket. Oh, it was her men's bracket. And okay. I said, I've got absolutely no insight whatsoever into the men's bracket. But then last night, after we got home from the game, she created a group of women to to have their bracket challenge and to do the women's bracket. Binders full of women? I don't think it was binders <laughs> full of women. A handful of women. There's a famous Mitt Romney yes, line from the debate yes, several years yes, ago. Yes, I remember. Well, anyway, Rebecca, do you have any sleeper picks for the women's tournament? I don't know that I have any sleeper picks. There are a number of mid-major and and lower-seeded teams that are dangerous because they shoot threes and shoot lots of threes and if they have a night where they're making a lot of those threes um, they can pull upsets one of the teams that's actually in a first four game tonight so by the time people listen to this may have lost but who I think could be one of those is DePaul DePaul leads the nation in scoring they make um, just under eight threes a game they've got this incredible freshman named Anissa Morrow who as a 6-1 forward led the country in scoring uh, and rebounding this year, DePaul, and they have a couple of um, seniors, graduate student, a team that if and they lo- they play really really fast. So if they're if they're in a game where they're turning a team over or making a lot of threes, I think not only could they win their first four game, but they play would then play Georgia, who I think is a six seed, um, and I think that's an upset that that is attainable for DePaul. This will be interesting because by the time anybody hears this, DePaul may have already been eliminated. They may have. And yet yes. they may also be, conversely, on their way to uh, a series yeah. of upsets. Yes. Uh, anyway, finally, thank you so much for your show, writes uh, Ed. I look forward to it every week or so. And um, thank you, Ed. Denise, perhaps, well, Denise writes, um, Dear Rebecca and Steve, greetings from Maine. I'm a former nutmegger, a longtime UConn fan, attended games until tickets were out of reach. Now, does that mean they're physically out of reach because she's in Maine, or, or have they been priced into the stratosphere, Rebecca? I know both. in Bridgeport they're going to be more expensive than the rest of the nation. Is that right? That is right. Three times, at least three times the cost of everywhere else. I am an LB, lagging behind listener, and have a topic for discussion. Not sure if, if Anne or A, I expect Steve will correct if needed. A topic for discussion, sure. Your comments and surprise regarding the financial paperwork required for your daughter's college application process triggered some thoughts for me regarding the NCAA NIL policy allowing scholarship athletes to profit to profit financially while in school. Please discuss, should these student-athletes continue to be on scholarship? Perhaps these funds would better serve academic students and financial need. 
Most of the student athletes benefiting from NIL will graduate and move directly into high-paying jobs, more so for the men, with no debt. Yet academic students will start their career with tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars of, of uh, loans. Side note, I met and had a nice conversation with Rebecca in the spring of 1994 at a meet and greet held at the Hartford Club. At the Hartford Club, Gino, CD, and Jamel were also there. We talked about incoming superstar Nikisha Sales. Finally, I asked Rebecca what she thought about the next year. Your quick, confident response with a smile, oh, we're going to do it. And by golly, you did. Oh, I was going to say, did I say, and by golly? <laughs> no, he's a, she said, uh, in quotation marks, uh, your quick, confident response with a smile, oh, we're going to do it. Now, I was reading the, the email too fast. She repl- She writes, and by golly, you did. Uh-uh. 1995 was by far my most memorable season. Just thinking about Pat Summit and her entourage, including uh, the stool entering Gamble Pavilion brings goosebumps. The stool? <laughs> yes. There was drug testing. No, yes, the stool. Uh, I, I had totally forgotten until she mentioned it. Yet yeah, they traveled with the stool that she would sit on during timeouts. Tennessee they, did? Yes, they wouldn't Do they ask st- you to provide the stool. They would bring the Tennessee to stool. <laughs> There's a stool roadie? <laughs> Probably, yeah. They traveled with a stool. They traveled with a stool. That's kind of interesting. Her stool. They traveled with her stool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for the podcast. I love hearing your family stories. Best regards to Denise. Perhaps you're a resident Mena. Absolutely. You've got the job. But Rebecca, NIL uh, scholarships, uh, you this, have the floor. So this is something that's kind of interested me this year. I was wondering how it was going to play out on the women's side. And sure, you know, a player like Paige Beckers probably is getting a significant amount of money um, for NIL. Most every other player, I think, has just small deals where they might, you know, they're kind of treated as an Instagram influencer and they'll post something on Instagram and get some money for it. Um Last week, you know, Kristen Williams for UConn posted something um, about ramen noodles. I've seen players post about different, whether it's uh, fast food chain restaurants or it might be a local restaurant. Um, I know Caitlin Clark out in Iowa has a, has a relationship with the, the big grocery store chain out there. But I would actually be surprised if, if m- many women were making enough in NIL to even cover their scholarship for that season. I don't think that's the money we're talking about. I don't think most women don't have any NIL deals. Right. Um, and, and then and the handful that do, I think, I don't think it's it's not a six-figure deal, you know, or even when you co- include all of their deals together, I don't think it's, we're talking six figures or something. So um, I don't think it's nearly as significant on the women's side. Um, as people may think it is. What is significant, of course, is student debt and and the absurd cost of going to college now. Yeah. But I don't think the answer, which needs to be addressed, but I don't think the answer to that is taking uh, NIL money from, from uh, no, or scholarship like, money from. Just like if there was a kid who got a full academic scholarship um, or a, a need-based scholarship, if they somehow became a, an influencer on social media and made money there or they got a great job and made money there, you wouldn't then take away their academic or merit aid. Um, so, it, you know, I don't, it's not, it's just not the amount of dollars that people thought it might be when, when this was in theory instead of actually in practice in, in terms of the NIL. But these are, uh, 
well, it's it's. Um, don't get me started on the on the NCAA uh, amateurism and all that, but uh, you know, when coaches are making multi millions of dollars, and assistant coaches in football are making a million dollars. Um, uh, these athletes are finally starting to get a little bit of what was coming to them. Yeah, um, a very little bit, though. A very little bit. And and you, when you mention ramen noodles, it uh, it makes me think of a person, non-existent person, named Ramon Noodles, who sounds like he would have been a great like ABA player when I was a kid. Uh, I was thinking a good boxer. Ramon Noodles, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Denise, thank you for that uh, email. Thanks for listening. And, yeah, and I like you. it when, when they somebody rolls out a topic Something for discussion. Absolutely, yeah, especially when us. we open the show saying we have nothing to talk about, right. as if the viewers can't discern that on their own. Right. Uh, Jim writes, our, Jim is our Canadian resident, resident Canadian, Rebecca. Our Hello, CRRC. Jim. Hi, Rebecca and Steve. I just caught up on last week's podcast, and I hear you're looking for a resident donkey consultant. <laughs> Not a donkey exorciser. But before we but get to that, should we consultant. ask Jim, is your donkey frothing? <laughs> Let's hear more, Jim. Uh, I work part-time at a local petting zoo. I mean, Rebecca, come on. Come I mean, on. This is... This is this do we have do we have the richest you know panoply of of viewers imaginable? I mean, talking about a richness of of diverse experience. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I I hear you're looking for a resident donkey consultant. I work part time at a local petting zoo. I, I picture us, Rebecca, as pilot and co-pilot on a plane, and the viewers are passengers on this plane. You know, and instead of rushing back into the cac- from the cockpit to the cabin saying, is there a doctor on board? We could say anything. Yes, we have a doctor on board, right. multiple doctors on board. But right. we could say, is there, is there a, is there a, does anybody here work for a petting zoo? Well, I do part time, <laughs> says Jim. <laughs> yep. Uh, we do not have ducks, ducks, gray ducks, or geese, but several other birds, writes Jim. We do have two donkeys and a rescue donkey on the way. A couple of miniature ponies and more. Please accept my application as your resident donkey consultant, or even to extend that to the resident farm animal consultant. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Jim. Already our Canadian resident, resident Canadian. Now we are adding to his. But did he tell us? So, so the original question: Do you exercise your donkey? Does does he ever have to exercise well, the donkey? Or does the donkey exercise itself within the pen? In his role as donkey consultant, that will be his his first, first question. Report, yeah. yeah. Um, and, do, and 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 is the the look of the smudged dripping mascara typical amongst the, the Maybelline donkeys? the Maybelline look? Yes. Yes. He's he's getting a rescue donkey soon, so perhaps he can tell us if if the uh, rescued donkey has that look. Uh, Roger, our, our dedicated podcast listener and waving Colorado cyclist, writes. Hi, Rebecca and Steve and the entire Motley Connecticut crew. I have shared with you my daughter's journey in becoming a coach, and this year she takes another huge step as she will be attending the Final Four as a coach for the D2 Fort Lewis Skyhawks. Rebecca, we've we've talked about Roger's daughter yes. in the past and her journey through coaching. She is super excited because going as a coach, she will get some added access that mere mortals don't get. Now, I have a favor to ask. What other special things might she be able to attend as a coach with her credentials as a coach that might be on her agenda? What are must-sees for a coach? And even more so, must-see places to be seen. Rebecca, this is the final four. She, of course, wants to continue on from D2 to D1, and people getting to recognize her face never helps. Never helps? I think he means never hurts, right? right? (laughs) He writes never helps. I think he means never hurts. Now, some may mistake her for a high school recruit since she looks young and was actually mistaken. 
Oh, maybe he's maybe he is saying that now. Some may mistake her for a high school recruit since she looks young and was actually mistaken as an incoming freshman when she showed up at Fort Lewis by some players and members of the athletic staff. But she's dedicated to learning and participating in the coaching community, even if she is only still an assistant at a small school. Well, don't say only is still an assistant at a small school. Um, that's that's in and of its own self super valuable. Of course, we talk all the time, you and I, of. We're talking youth, sixth grade basketball, how we admire those coaches who aren't screaming at kids, aren't berating officials, uh, you know, and, you know, aren't trying to win by 40, aren't full court pressing when they're up by 15 and all that. You know, coaching is coaching at any level, right? right? Yes. Any recommendations would be greatly appreciated. By the way, she was born in 1995, a year that probably holds a special place in Rebecca's heart. Roger, your dedicated podcast listener and waving Colorado cyclist, Rebecca. You've been to how many finals? Finals four? Do you know how many this is? I don't know how many. It's been a lot. But 95 when you played, was that your first? Your first? Um, no, I went to the final I four mean, in 1994. I should say playing in the final four. Was that your first experience of final? You'd never been no, to it. No, I'd gone to the final four in 1994 because I was an All-American, so they bring the All-American teams there, so I watched the final four. You attended? I attended, yes. But that stayed was the for first, the... Yes. Okay. Um, but I've never, because I've never been there as a coach, I've never taken part in all that, all the delights they have to offer coaches. I know there's a lot of clinics and there's a lot of... Um, drinking? <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of drinking. Uh, but there's definitely clinics there's definitely um you know different breakout sessions and stuff that coaches can attend to get better but also to network i just don't know what they are because you are you are you are in in blinders at the final four yeah i'm at i'm at the practices i'm at production meetings we have almost no free time at all at the final four but from a purely you're going to the this final four in the Twin Cities, what should you do? My number one recommendation would be for anybody would be uh, if the weather is even decent, although I've done it in minus 30 and, and blowing snow and it's just as good, walk around, walk around Lake the lakes, Harriet. Lake Harriet. Yeah. And, um, you know, enjoy this sort of jewel of the city. Of the city. Yes. Yeah. Also, Roger, that chain of lakes in Minneapolis, great for uh, Twin Cities in general incredible cycling um, yes. uh, opportunities. My brother uh, will bike from my, my, my brother and sister and their families. You can bike from their house to Target Field. You know, Roger, Park your bike outside the, the Roger ballpark. Roger should and go, not spend a second with his daughter while she networks. He should just take advantage of all the cycling. Claire writes, um, I emailed several weeks ago about ways to get tickets to the Final Four. I just heard the most recent podcast was with someone looking to sell their tickets. Could you put me in touch with them? Thanks. I, I, I just seeing this now, but absolutely, Claire, yeah. I will uh, put you in touch with. Uh, Do that quickly. Our Final listener. Four is in, coming up in a couple weeks. I think it was Tough Schist, right? Who yeah, was it was them? Tough Schist. I will, uh, I will put you two in touch, and hopefully that works out for you, Claire. And finally, Rebecca. Our uh, OBGYN, double OBGYN, and um, uh, notorious, the notorious DGS. Who was wrong about Wrong the about better the better bow. bow on leather laces. Mm-hmm. He just needs more practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Siegel writes, I write this note on the eve before the Ides of March 2022, a day during which my youngest will complete her 35th trip around the sun. 
After tomorrow, I'll be loath to ever mention her age in a public forum. I digress, of course, and have planned an Instagram post including embarrassing pictures from her youth, as well as those from her wedding, pregnancy, and beyond. I assume the embarrassing bit only refers to her youth. If he has embarrassing photos from her pregnancy, I, I'm... Uh, <laughs> we don't need yeah, to see we, those. Probably not. For a change of pace, I'm going for brevity in today's report, perhaps a welcome change for the viewers. Never, Dr. Siegel. To wit, one... Pitchers and catchers have reported, although today we've learned that former MVP and Braves first baseman Freddie Freeman will be replaced by Matt Olson, as Freddie apparently has free agency plans that don't include the home team. Uh, that is a uh, major bummer for Atlanta. Freddie Freeman being... Uh, we saw Freddie Freeman play uh, against the Phillies it at is. Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia last year. Uh, two, since the last podcast, I have encountered two hospital toilets recently sanitized. Uh, as evidenced by the blue water in the bowl. However, neither had a paper strip stating sanitized for your protection around the seat. I'll keep my eyes peeled and submit for your consideration uh, Stephen Pastis's fourth book in a series about a clueless detective pursuing a nonsensical case, and it is uh, Timmy Failure, Sanitized for Your Protection. <laughs> uh, well, a graphic uh, novel for... Uh, um, looks like the uh, looks like something you get at the Scholastic Book Fair, right? We Rebecca? should get that for our children. Since I spent a harrowing ten minutes, maybe five, this morning cleaning the toilet in the Jack and Jill bathroom. Well, Doctor Siegel makes a good point, um, unwittingly perhaps, that the the blue water uh, signified that it had been recently sanitized. Right? Mm-hmm. When you were a kid, when I was a kid, do you remember the Tidy Bowl commercials? Yeah. The guy in the I think it was a glass bottom boat, right? paddling around a toilet. Oh, I don't remember that. I remember the little scrubby thing that you, that would flush. Like the cartoon character. The scrubbing bubbles? Yeah. They were they were they were uh, in the bathtub, weren't they? I don't know. They oh, I'm thinking that. of Mr. Bubble. The scrubbing bubbles. Oh yeah, the scrubbing bubbles would would echo down the drain as they as they uh, they, anyway, they scrub. Go, so you don't have to go and back they would go to down yours. the drain. Well, the, the tidy bowl man. Yeah. I mean, he he was the subject of of he was probably mentioned in one out of 10 Carson monologues. He was a guy in a little sailor's cap, uh, just uh, canoeing around or rowboating around your toilet bowl. A little mm-hmm. tiny man in a little tiny rowboat in in your toilet. Mm-hmm. But that but the tidy bowl product would sort of turn the water blue. I think maybe with each flush. Although I could be thinking. Was of he a good guy? Was he cleaning the toilet? Yeah, he was cleaning the toilet. He was he was it was just a it was it was. But then, you then don't then remember the tidy bowl man? No, and then well, he was yeah, the subject not, of much theory. mirth. And then, and then did mentioned. he go to his demise? Did he did, was he flushed at the end of the toilet, or was he just down there cleaning? I it? don't think it was the flushing that would have caused his demise, given his precarious position in your toilet. Right. But uh, but he was he was. I wonder how many he, children that just terrorized. Well, the I notion that it didn't terrorize me. Person in well, the I thought it, it was it was it was it was uh, what left what impressed me, what left an impression on me as a kid was. And sometimes you'd go to somebody's house and they had blue water in the toilet. I think because, you know, you could have the thing that flushed and it would v- somehow repeatedly replenish the, yeah, the blue water. Yeah, puck you could put in the back. Yeah, and it was the same water that, you know, the, that was in the Barbasol, that the, the combs were floating yeah. in, adrift in blue water yeah. at the barbershop. And uh, for some reason, in, in you know, as a kid, you, you your brain works how it works. I wanted, I envied, I saw that blue water as sort of a sign of, of – uh, Wow, those people have made it. They have blue toilet water, and 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 now I don't understand what the appeal of that was. I don't know, but no, nothing. No, I, 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 nothing. But I, 
prefer blue toilet water to the stuff I was cleaning out today. Three, fat old guy Roger, a fellow cyclist, is much more familiar with the cycling metrics related to, the, to performance than I am. I am also a fat old guy, BMI 24.2, so really not fat, who cycles. But I do not spend ridiculous amounts of money to save a few grams of equipment weight here or there. I exercise to stay healthy and to be able to eat sweets and desserts reasonably at my pleasure and do tend to overdo the ice cream just a bit. A favorite from our local grocer, Publix, is Mint Moose Tracks, pictured below. So, so uh, um Dr. Siegel gets mint moose tracks at Publix, okay? And he encloses, helpfully embeds photo in his email. I don't even know how he does that. It's a, it's a beyond my uh, technological capacity to do that. Yeah. But uh, Dr. Siegel, I think next time you're at Publix, try the store brand uh, squirrel bait <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> it's it's a peanut butter balls and Fritos, right? Yes, as uh, As Michael uh, in Kansas City notes. Four, speaking of cycling, Rebecca asked if I bought my new cycling shoes at the local store as opposed to trying them on there and buying them online. I am a big supporter of buying local and it did indeed buy them at the store. I also favor the local hardware store over the big box ones and, for instance, spent $1.30 on two cotter pins recently needed for our gas grill. Because the local hardware store was so close, friendly, and customer-oriented, I also had our very dull kitchen knife sharpened there at $5 each. Quite a bargain and quite a service. Dr. Wait, Siegel. you can get your kitchen knives? I wonder if our hardware store does that. Because some of our kitchen knives need to be sharpened. Well, well, listen. Dr. Siegel, congenial uh, local physician, walks into a hardware store with a bunch of butcher's <laughs> knives. They sharpen them for him. I walk in there with a bunch of butcher knives. I'm tased, uh, hogtied, yeah, and frog-marched. Uh, never true. heard from again, right? Yes. Now, you might be able to get away with it. Five, I'm, well, that's great. So uh, he he bought, he spent $1.30 on two cotter pins. Rebecca, do you know what a cotter pin is? Yeah, it's the one that kind of... Bends, yeah. yeah. I was hoping you didn't, and then I could mansplain to you what a cotter pin was. I do. Five, I'm so glad that you both like the concept of more waves and fewer honks, but truth be told, I've garnered a few honks from, as Rebecca speculated, other drivers while I was looking at my phone when stopped at a traffic light. Since touching your phone while driving is illegal in Georgia, really, touching it. Well, okay. Okay, what? Well, like, don't most people or many people use their phones as their GPS? You're not supposed to touch it? Yeah, well, that's why I say it. Yeah, that, it's illegal in Georgia. Huh. Yeah. Um, I've been bad along with so many others, writes Dr. Siegel. That said, Mrs. DGS sadly got a ticket for using her phone when stopped when visiting her now late father during his last days at the hospital. The irony. I do like Rebecca's idea of a kinder, gentler honk or a secondary honking mechanism for such situations, although a gentle tap on the horn would suffice. That's right, Rebecca. You you raised the specter of a secondary honking mechanism last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just yeah. to get people's attention. The lights turn green. We know you're illegally touching your phone. Do you think there's any any uh, need for a, a tertiary honking mechanism? <laughs> I don't know. There might be. Do you, what did you say about your you're illegally touching your phone? Yes. <laughs> that's that sounds. Uh, I know. Uh, Six, breakfast croissants for the children, sacre bleu, writes Dr. Siegel. And he helpfully boldfaces sacre bleu, though not, not croissants. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Lastly, seven, lastly, I remain perplexed as to whether the opening discussion about rescue donkeys and squirrels represents a new high or perhaps a new low for the podcast. <laughs> I think it was a new high. I think, I think, I think in, in serving as a new low, it was a kind of a new high. Yes. Right? Yeah. I'll not wish you adieu, which is a good opening word for Wordle and used 100% of the time by my son-in-law, but wish you only the best, Gary. Thank you, Dr. Siegel. Thank you, as always. Um, Rebecca, you got anything else? You had nothing to begin with. Got nothing other than I just opened an email from the University of Iowa. and um, Sports information kind of email? Sports or, information, or, or, yes, or, to let us know that the first-round games, they're hosting games out in, at the University of Iowa. First-round games Friday at Carver-Hawkeye Arena are sold out. It's a big deal. But the best part of the email was fans take note the University of Iowa Athletic tickets, Ticket Office is anticipating high demand and fraudulent ticket activity for Friday's games. Fans should be aware of potential scams and always purchase from a guaranteed source. Well, since the game games are now sold out, if somebody is selling them, they might be fraudulent. Fraudulent activity. Whenever I see... There may be fraudulent activity in your account. I think of that is the fraudulent activity because it's usually a, a, a phishing right. text or, exactly. or spam voicemail. Exactly. Kind of well, like your email from Michael, phishing you, alert. Absolutely. When you get fraudulent uh, ticket alerts, you know, you know you've arrived, right? That's true, yes. On that note, Denny, thank you. Dr. Tom. Siegel and all of well, our loyal listeners. Yes, especially our new um, donkey correspondent donkey consultant donkey, donkey correspondent consultant. our our uh, our already our resident canadian canadian resident yes um tom dakari play us out saying says no pain no gain and we found that to be fact the road might twist and turn a bit but we all arrive intact Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in its cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous What we give for a little rest Stay by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane